Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Thomas, and I am the host of the show. Today, we're joined by Matt Michelle from Service Nation. Matt, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, Matt, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself uh, to our listeners out there. Tell us a little more about your experience in the industry and then maybe a little bit about Service Nation as well. Okay. Well, I'm a recovering engineer. Um, I started out in this industry uh, actually in a manufacturing engineering role and did some design engineering um, and worked initially for the turbo refrigerating company. Linux hired me to automate their factories, and I figured out pretty quickly that I'm kind of a mediocre engineer, which meant that I did what all mediocre engineers do. I moved into marketing so I could tell all the really good <laughs> engineers what to do and how to do products. Uh, that's awesome. So um, I, I, I'm better in marketing than I am in engineering, and, and you know, I ended up running marketing west of the Rockies for Linux, then left from there to join uh, Titus and ran their VAV box and, and DDC controls divisions. Um, wanted to get some PL. And after that, uh, somebody called me up and I and said they wanted me to come help start a, a, a contractor franchise. So I started the AirServe franchise system, um, grew it to about 65 locations, and then moved on uh, to Decision Analyst, where I did a lot of um, it, was a, it was a fascinating experience, did a lot of consulting with with high tech and with HVAC companies um, and from there launched the service roundtable which is the the base core product for service station wow so you were with airserve correct you just said yes when you were there was it still the Dwyer group it was it was with the Dwyer group yeah I yeah. arrived and they had a desk and a logo and said you know make it happen wow. so you know, that's this is actually pretty interesting. It's a small world. I We both have a shared experience there because I worked uh, before starting Rival Digital. I worked for Neighborly, which the Dwyer Group became Neighborly. Um, mm. Actually, right when I got there, they were transitioning over to Neighborly from the Dwyer Group. So um, it certainly is a small world. I, I really enjoyed my time there and I learned a ton uh, about home services in general and even franchise marketing. Um, so... Tell us a little bit more about Service Nation, uh, the ins and outs of it, and all that you all offer for contractors. Sure. Uh, well, Service Nation, you know, is the company, and a lot of people that kind of confuses people. But we launched the Service Roundtable as our first product, and for about um, six or seven years, it was our only product. And the Service Roundtable is largely a self-serve internet-based business alliance. Um, right now, we have fifty-four hundred member companies in it. Uh, they come from across the U.S., Canada, and Australia, and every now and then one will pop up um, in different places around the world. We're always kind of curious as to why, but um, you know, never never quite know exactly why. We we um, we did reach out one time to a guy who showed up from the Cook Islands. He would show up for six months and he would disappear. Then he would show back up for six months and disappear. We finally reached out to him and he said that. He was a plumber, and when he made enough money, he would go and sail. And then, when he ran out of money, he would go back and start plumbing again, and he would rejoin. So he did some interesting things. But um, contractors join for for content. They can download all kinds of sales, marketing, and business management tools. We've got a vast library of, of, of thousands of pieces. So anything that they need to run their business, whether it's a, a service agreement, a Facebook coupon, a job description, uh, pricing calculators. If we can put it in digital format, we've got it. They download, drop in their name logo, and they're good to go. Um, with that, we have the, the community of contractors, and they have, have discussion groups where they, they help each other out, um, leading 
consultants in the industry will jump in from time to time. And then, and then we've got the two meetings a year, which is the, um, in the spring, we just had the barefoot round table on the beach under a tent in, in uh, Clearwater beach, Florida, no PowerPoint. It was a great meeting. And then we've got service world coming up this fall in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and then we also have Roundtable Rewards, which is a, a buying group. It's the largest buying group in the industry. And, you know, altogether, we pay our members um, much more in, in rebates than they pay us in membership fees. And that's just, you know, because of the way everything works out. And, and most of our members consider us a profit center for them. So it's a, it's a sweet deal for us. It's pretty easy to do it. Um, and then on top of that, we've got the Retail Contractor Coalition, the branding program. So we can help a contractor get set up with their own line of branded products. Um, and then the, uh, the next level up, which is our elite program, is the Service Nation Alliance. And in this, we've got probably five, between five and 600 contractors, um, and it's growing rapidly. And the, the Service Nation Alliance, we take uh, six to eight contractors. We'll put them on an advisory board together with a mentor who's uh, uh, usually a contractor who sold his business or somebody who is, is running it so well that they are required um, full-time for day-to-day operations. And they guide these guys through online dashboards, studying their KPIs um, and working on business performance and then the issues that they're just facing on a weekly basis. And it provides some accountability for, for each contractor to the rest, rest of the group. So we've seen tremendous success on that. We've seen a lot of growth from the members that have been in it. Um, and, and that's sort of the, the, base, uh, the base alliances that we've got. Are the, and we operate these in plumbing, HVAC, um, and remodeling. And then we offer uh, electrical in the roundtable only. And then we've got a connected home product, which is a connected home coalition. So it's, a, it's another add-on that people can get into the connected home business and get that nice recurring monthly revenue. Yeah. Plus, there's the um, Service World Expo, which has now become the largest residential contractor show and, and conference in the in the industry wow and just for the listeners out there when is that it's in september correct it's in september um it's september i think it's the 21st through the 24th okay i, I should know that off the top of my head um are you all still looking for sponsors for that that sounds like a pretty cool thing for businesses yeah. and people to sponsor yeah, and somebody should have been somebody should have reached out to you on, on this because we're we're also trying to create an area where we have some people in there doing podcasts, so they've got contractors to to interview while they're there. Well, um, yeah, that that sounds awesome, and I would actually love to do that. So I'll definitely take you all up on that. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll get together with you after the podcast, and we can go yeah. through some stuff on it. Awesome. Um, there, there is there are still sponsorship opportunities available. I think you know the the uh, the show floor is is filling up fast, but there's probably still a few booths available. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we do that's different is most trade shows are laid out like grocery stores; they're in rows and aisles. We lay out ours like an IKEA, so you uh-huh. kind of get in there, you get lost. But what we're trying to do is get all of the exhibitors to engage the contractors, mm-hmm. uh, try to make it interesting. And, and we tell them to, to, you know, to teach a seminar at their booth. And we tell contractors, stop by each booth and, and, and ask, how can you help me make money? How can you help me make more money? And and that's really what they're interested in. And that's what the, the exhibitors should be conveying to them. Yeah. Um, so so we, we generally find that the contractors get out on the show floor and they stay there until it closes. That's good. And, that, and I feel like that's the way it really should be. And 
Um, and from a sponsorship perspective, that's what you want really. Cause the last thing you want to do is invest all the money to go down there. And then people just come by and, you know, they pick up your koozie and they, you know, pick up your little pamphlet and they just keep walking. Uh, and it's like, you spend all that money and it's like, for what? So I really, I really like that model. And I like the, uh, I like the uh, reference to Ikea. Cause I feel like that is a really, Ikea has done a really good job with laying out their stores so that it's like every, like you're going into these rooms and you see these possibilities. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. It means we sacrifice some floor space because uh, you can't pack as many booths in, but you know, we've got the whole convention center, so we should be fine. Yeah. All right. Where's that at in, in Louisville, Kentucky, which center? it's at the Louisville Con- convention center. Okay. And so there are, there are four convention hotels that are around there that you can get rooms. If you go through the website, serviceworldexpo.com. Yeah. I actually lived in Louisville for about a year. And uh, an interesting fact about that city is that they've got some of the best drinking water, like tap water in the nation. And so when you get to Louisville, there's like billboards and stuff everywhere that say, when in Louisville, do drink the water. Cause it's like, apparently so good. <laughs> and, that's not what I associate drinking. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's what I was saying too. Like I go to Louisville, I'm thinking about bourbon and, and all this other stuff. And then they're saying like, drink the water. <laughs> like, uh, uh, it's funny. So, uh, so about service roundtable, uh, are there any, you know, requirements or, or qualifications that you have to have in order to join as a member or can anyone really join? $50 a month and, and a credit card. I mean, that's, we, you know, we make it easy to join. We make it easy to leave. And, yeah. and the, the thing is, is we've got to win our members business every month, month after month. Um, and, and so, you know, the, this is a support group that is available for any contractor. So the guy that's just starting out um, that, that, you know, has dreams and ambitions, but can't afford a lot and doesn't attract the attention of a lot of the, the manufacturers or other groups can afford the service roundtable and go in there and he can get help and he can take his business to the next level. And then when he's grown enough and he's serious about success, uh, then the service nation Alliance will, will accelerate that success. Yeah. That's awesome. So what is, what's some of those success stories or some of like, I guess the average growth that you all see that members see um, after joining service roundtable. So one of the things that we, we track on the service roundtable level is we, we know our, our uh, purchases from of unitary equipment from our strategic partners. And, you know, we've had the same strategic partners for over a decade. And the reason that they've stuck with us is because uh, their members or their dealers who are members of the service roundtable same store sales growth is three times faster than the industry's growth. So, so you can, you can attribute this, but maybe we attract growth oriented contractors. I think that's true. Or maybe that we help contractors grow with all the tools and the material and the, and the, and the um, counsel and advice we provide. And I think that's also true. So it's probably some combination of the two, but nevertheless, the result is we are growing three times faster than, than the industry ships product. Wow. That's really cool. So I know you're saying that there's a lot of like marketing collateral and there's a lot of resources available um, from, I guess, from a marketing standpoint, because this is, you know, a marketing podcast. Um, what are, what are some of like the more, I guess, digital forms of marketing that you all offer for members? Well, we, we have a product that's, it's a, it's included with the Alliance. It's an add on for 50 bucks a month with the roundtable members. Um, but it's, it's called money mail and it's email marketing and it's turnkey. And so they set up their own constant contact account. 
um, give give us a link into it so that we can we can update it and so that we go in there and every month we provide you with some piece of material that's customized for the contractor including colors and everything else they look at it they approve it and, and they they fire it off so the, the pattern is once a quarter we do some type of consumer newsletter um, and we have a, a print version of that that we upload to we put in our download center uh, that's designed for contractors we do um, once a month, we do some type of consumer information piece that always has some some call to action in it. And then once a month, it's more of a family and friends type of promotion because we've we found in the research that people sign up for email marketing or email lists because they expect to get coupons and they want to get coupons and, and save. Mm-hmm. We make sure that at least every once a quarter, we've done one that's just purely that. But every yeah. piece always has some type of call to action or hook. Yeah. So that's just one example. And, and on the on the the um, the print side, you know, this is the same 11 and a half by 17 folded uh, that you can and then you can fold it again and mail it out to your customer base. You know, there are there are companies that charge you uh, two thousand dollars to, you know, an issue to do this yeah. one for you. Well, you know, you're getting one as part of your fifty dollar monthly membership of the service roundtable. Yeah. That's cool. I really like the email piece because I've I've actually found with clients of ours in the past that email works really, really well. And a lot of people overlook email marketing. So that's really cool that you all offer that. Part of it, is, too, is, is you've got to look at how you're designing the piece. I mean, uh, I, I've seen some email marketing in this industry that, that you know, has uh, comes from uh, the, the, the address that it's sent from clearly screams that this is not a human being sending this. So we always make sure ours comes from a person. Um, the subject line is, is very you know critical that you use that space well. So we, we make sure that we do that. The, the line has got to be interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, sending out an email that, that is four ways to apply uh, mini splits is, is not going to attract the average consumer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, why we fight over the thermostat might. So yeah. we found that we get a, a really high uh, open rate with ours. I mean, we're, you know, we're up in the 30 to 40% range. Um, and in, in the end, it costs, when you look at the constant contact fees, it's costing our members about a, you know, a nickel, a, an open for the emails that they send out. Yeah. One thing I've found that works really well with email marketing is in the subject line, not in like the first email, but if you do like a follow-up email to include RE and then like a semicolon or something. So it looks like it's a reply. Yeah. And so the people think like, Oh, this is something that I've actually answered to or something. Then they open it and you know, then you've got your, your discounts or whatever it may be in there. But I feel like that's done a really good job and gets a lot of open rate. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, so is there anything else in, in the service roundtable element that, that you feel our listeners to know about? Well, you know, we, we always provide um, Facebook coupons so that, that you know, and they aren't going to solve all your problems, but, but it doesn't cost you anything, and they do make the phone ring. Um, you know, we prov- we're trying to provide more and more on recruiting. Uh, we think that that's, you know, really the key thing, and recruiting uh, employees is a marketing problem. And yeah. most people don't approach it like a marketing problem, but that's our approach to it. And, and certainly at the alliance level, we've got some pretty serious recruiting material and brochures uh, and you know if you don't if you're running a contracting business and you don't have a recruiting brochure that that your prospect can take home and show to to his or her spouse, you really aren't serious about the game. Yeah. So I I, I heard you mention as well that you have 
or that you try to win their their business every single month or earn their business back every single month. Um, what are some some other things that you guys offer other than the the collateral and the resources? Do you offer like webinars and and stuff like that as well? Periodically, we'll have webinars, and we usually we usually do them with one of our um, strategic partners. Um, we have more as we go up in the alliance. We'll have outside training. We'll bring people in, and we don't charge alliance members. Uh, to attend those and they can send as many people as they want. We've got a full boot camp that's pretty intensive. Um, we've got other training classes that we offer throughout the year. We've also got an e-learning uh, e-learning system that's set up and we're continuing to work on and expand that. Um, as you as you move up from the roundtable to the alliance, more and more resources become available. Uh, you know, understanding that there's there's you know only so much you can do for $50 a month. And what they what they are receiving is overwhelming in value as it is. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, if you're if you're listening right now and you're thinking, how can I take my business to the next level? It sounds like Service Roundtable is a very awesome option to look into. Fifty bucks a month, and you get all kinds of awesome resources. Um, and and Matt, what is a way that someone listening could go and and sign up? The easiest way is to go to www.serviceroundtable.com. All one word, serviceroundtable.com. And, and while you're there, if you're kind of curious, you can click around. And, and we're about to redesign the site, but uh, there's a free stuff section and click on that. And there's there's plenty of information there that you can just grab, you know, right now and, and take a look at. And, and it'll give you somewhat of a feel for what it's like inside of the, the paywall part of the site. Awesome. Well, and, Matt. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You go ahead. Uh, if anybody would just like a tour, they want to see what they're getting. Uh, they can call and talk to one of our success consultants at 877-262-3341. That's 877-262-3341 and ask for a tour. And so somebody will set you up and give you a tour of the website. Works great. Um, they can You can pose what you're looking for, what problems you have, what type of content you'd like to find, and they'll show it show it to you right there. Awesome. If you're listening right now and and you missed that, we will link uh, the website and we'll also include the phone number in the show notes. So if you're listening right now, uh, you can just scroll down and look at the notes and it'll be right there for you. Well, Matt, we have got a new segment on the show and we we hope that you are ready for it. It's HVAC Trivia. Uh Oh, (laughs) well, I'm a special person. So you're pretty what? I'm a pretty trivial person. All right. We'll see if you're up for the challenge. All right. Everyone knows the rules. We ask the same question, the same first question every single time. So if you're listening to this and you're ever a guest on the show and you get it wrong, we will judge you. Matt, we will let it slide if you miss it because we didn't tell you that this was coming. So here comes question number one. In the year 1902, the first modern air conditioning unit was invented by this person. Willis Carrier. That is correct. Ding, ding, ding. All right. But the first air conditioning system was developed by John Gorey, where he used an ice-based approach. Oh, and yeah. Where you would like the, the wind would like blow it in. Is that what so, it was? Well, he created the first mechanical refrigeration system that he made ice and he hung ice in a, in a, in a pot above patients who were, who were ill. And then he created a, a draft system so that wind would, would draft across the ice and over the bed to cool the patients that were suffering from yellow fever. Wow. And, and he actually filed a patent on it, but it never reached the patent office. Mail wasn't always dependable back then. Hmm. Bonus trivia right there. 
<laughs> that'll have to be that'll be a uh, that'll be a question on the next time or the next uh, the next show, and we will see who's out there listening. All right, we'll move on to the next one. I asked this one yesterday, and it seemed to have been a little challenging, so I'm going to ask it again. Uh, this is in regards to a heating system. So these people were said to have created the first uh, heating system uh, by using fire underneath the floors to heat the floors. That would be the Romans. All right. That is correct. You are two for three. Uh, We might have a new leader. Yesterday, Claire Ferreira from Standard Heating and Air, she went three for three. So she's in first place right now. And Matt has a chance to tie her right now. All right. True or false? Scientists believe that people who live in air-conditioned environments lose their natural tolerance for heat. So people who live in air-conditioned environments lose their natural tolerance for heat. Yeah, true or false? Um, I would say true, but that just means we all need to stay in air conditioning more often. That's right. That is it. You were three for three, and you are now tied for first place on the <laughs> the world's greatest HVAC trivia show. These questions were brought to you by Google, so thanks, Google. <laughs> That's um, yeah, that last one really gets me because it's like because, you know, everybody's so reliant on AC. And I wonder how long we'd last if it just all the AC in the world just quit working. Well, well let's never find out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Let's not find out. So diving back into the conversation here for a little bit longer, um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about uh, Service World Expo just because I'm I'm super giddy about uh face-to-face in-person events coming back. Uh, and I just, I want to take advantage of as many as I can and get to as many as I can. Uh, and I hope that our listeners out there are the same way, because I think that in-person events are super invaluable and they can just offer you so much. So, um, what's some of like the courses or curriculum or breakouts, uh, that you all have planned so far that you think uh, a lot of people could benefit from attending? Well, let me just lead with the keynote that we, the main keynote that we've got, is the guy who wrote the book Traction. And he's not just going to stand up there and give a keynote speech. He's going to do a three-hour workshop. Wow. So that's, that's pretty amazing, and, and, and we're really grateful for him to do that. Um, and then we have breakouts, you know, throughout the, the, the event. And um, lately I've been grabbing contractors and plugging them into wherever we've got openings left. Uh, I think they're, they're just about all filled out. But, you know, we're, we're touching on all the areas that are important to contractors. We've got a few panels in there. Um, we really try to vet the speakers to make sure that they can speak well. Uh, you know, the, there's, there's always a challenge when you get somebody who represents a product uh, to, to not turn that into a, a commercial for their product. Mm-hmm. Um, we stress that. And if somebody, if somebody violates that, they don't get invited back. So oh, wow. you know, we've, we've been pretty good about it. And we make sure that we've got monitors in there watching it. Um, you know, I, I, when, when people come to a, a show like Service World, there's, there's really three, a three-legged value proposition. I mean, one is all the seminars and, and the keynotes, and that's all the content. The next part is, is the um, networking that occurs. So we go out of the way to try to make sure that we've got, we've got hosted events uh, that encourage networking and facilitate networking. And, we're, you know, we'll have those at Service World as well. Um, those are usually some pretty good parties. And then we also um, make sure that the third leg of the stool 
which is the show, is valuable just for the information that people can, and the products people can learn about, the new services that are out there. But remember, the exhibitors sponsor everything else. They subsidize the rest of it and really pay for it. So without the exhibitors, we wouldn't have Service World. Um, but when you, when, you, when you look at it, everybody will talk about the networking. They'll talk about all the bar talk, and that's what they enjoy most. But they wouldn't come there if we didn't have this, the seminars and the content. That's and right. they wouldn't be able to afford it if we didn't have the show and the exhibitors. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that's actually like that's that's spot on because I've been to a few conferences like this before. Um, and those are like the big three things that everyone kind of takes away. And I know that for a fact that the networking that occurs, you know, after all the events and stuff when everyone's unwinding from the day, those are that's such a great opportunity to just get to know people because, you know, during the day, everyone's busy, like moving here and there, talking to to vendors and they're attending workshops and they're kind of just busy. But then afterwards you kind of, you can unwind and like actually get to know people and learn more about them and, and learn more things about the trade and about business that you didn't already know. Well, I, I was, and I was at a, a conference last weekend, not industry related, um, but it was in Phoenix, Arizona. Now this is not the best time of the year to have a conference in Phoenix. Arizona. Uh, they yeah. have record turnout, the biggest turnout they've had in 25 years. Wow. So I think people are just just chomping at the bit to get back and engage with each other. And I think September yeah. is the perfect time. Louisville is the new Nashville. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's what Nashville used to be. And yep. it's, a, it's a it's a great city. This is going to be a great event. Um, and I mean, by all means, come and, and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll be a really good time. Um and I think, uh, you know, if you're out there listening right now and you're thinking about going or maybe you're a little hesitant, I, I would say you probably should go uh, or at least get out to some type of conference, you know, because we've been a whole year or so without these type of events. And I know a lot of people are ready to get back at it. So, Matt, um, if you know, if there was someone listening right now to the show and they were a new contractor or maybe they were thinking about going out on their own and starting their own business, um, what's some advice that you would give to them? Uh, first, first thing. This this is so simple. It's so basic, but but it's still is is such a problem in the industry. Uh, wrap your truck something other than white. I mean, this is your greatest advertising vehicle, uh, pun intended. But you know, it's it's according to the Outdoor Advertising Association of America, a, a wrap truck will be exposed thirty to ninety thousand times a day. I mean, I mean, this is why we all know DHL. DHL doesn't do a lot of advertising. They just got big yellow trucks. Yeah. And so I expect that if you have a good truck wrap, uh, your your brand locally will become better known than the brand of the products that you sell. I mean, you will have more brand equity in your market than any of the manufactured products that you're selling. So, yeah. so wrap your truck. And the other one is raise your prices. I don't know what your pricing is right now, but you're probably charging too little. And that's the biggest problem in the industry, and it's the easiest to fix. You can fix yeah. it over. So, and especially in an inflationary environment like we're in today, um, you've got to price out in front. You've got to get ahead of it, or you're just subsidizing your customers. And yeah. do they your subsidy? <laughs> and and it devalues the trade, really. You know, and yes, when you just try to, you know, try to race to the bottom to be the cheapest one out there. Um, so when, when we're talking about, you know, van wraps or truck wraps, um, what are some, you know, some key elements of a good truck or van wrap design? Sure. Um, first off, not white, <laughs> you know, 
uh, I, I didn't know this, but apparently there's a lot of women that call white vans abduction vans or abduction vehicles. You know? <laughs> Creeper vans. Yeah. You don't want that associated with your brand name. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we think stress the name, stress the brand. Uh, don't put a lot of emphasis on the phone number. You know, if you need a phone number on it, put it on the door. It doesn't need to be large because, because you know, people call the number, they're going to call it when it's parked and they're going to have time to be able to call it. They aren't going to call it while it's driving 40 miles an hour down the road. Yeah. Uh, but they might remember your website URL. So make sure that that's there. Uh, we also like to, to do things like cantilever the, the, the logo so that it, it's at a slight angle and it breaks the plane. So it's, you know, not expected that draws attention. It's, it's instinctive for you to look at it. Hmm. Uh, you know, we, we want to de-emphasize any other brands besides your brand because your brand is the only brand that matters. Um, remember when, when you're installing a piece of equipment, that piece of equipment is just a part. The finished product is the system field engineered by you on the spot at the customer's home. So the only brand that really matters is your brand, and it's the most important brand because you can look at the, the level of the spread of um, quality between contractors in a market, and it's wide, and the spread of quality between one manufacturer uh, to the next is not all that great. Um, mm -hmm. Another thing, wrap the top. You know, go ahead and put your logo at the top. Anytime anybody looks out a second-story window or from a from a small hill, they'll be able to see the top of that van, and that will jump out. It will pop, and it will cause people to notice. Yeah. And, and if you wrap your trucks, and it's a good wrap, uh, I, it will it will do more for your business than you can possibly imagine. I know it sounds expensive when you know you're looking at three or four thousand dollars a truck, but it is well worth it. It is an investment in your future. Yeah. And yeah, that's great advice. And I completely agree with you. Um, I really, I enjoy like looking at different truck designs that I see on my way to work. I've got about a, a 40 minute commute to the office and uh, I feel like I pass probably eight to 10 HVAC companies every day on my way in. And I always like to see what their designs look like. And I take kinda, pictures of them. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a couple people here in the office that take pictures of them as well. And we, some of them were like, oh, that looks good. And then some of them were, you know, we're kind of joking about it if they, you know, it's an all white van and they're, they got some, you know, giant weird pictures on it or whatever, uh, trying to get attention. Yeah. I look for the really good ones or the really bad ones. Yeah. So I feel like that actually, there's a competitive advantage of being either the best or the worst when it comes to the van wrap, because if it's the, you know, one of the really good ones, you're going to remember it because it's so awesome. But if it's really bad, you're also going to remember it because it was so bad. <laughs> well, and, and there's, there's, you know, there's also things you can do with your vehicles. Like uh, Ben Stark, I think, was the first person who started this and started it with the service roundtable. And then it, it spread across the country. I mean, that's the pink truck for breast cancer. And he, he got one. Um, he had a, a technician that, that, you know, wanted, came up with the idea, presented it to him. And Ben was kind of like, a, you know, who's going to drive the truck? And he said, I'll drive it. And I think he thought it would help him get chicks and uh, apparently it worked because two years later he was married and he didn't want to drive the pink truck anymore. Um, <laughs> but, you know, aligning with a charity like that in a way to give back to your community, um, it's, it's, it, it not only promotes your company and promotes your business, it's not only a good way to give back because um, we're all fortunate that, that we we live where we do live. Um, but, you know, it's, it's also a way to build up goodwill so that when something happens that, that's adverse to your company, maybe a technician made a mistake or maybe you just got an unreasonable customer, 
Um, or maybe you've got a, a you know, a, a TV journalist trying to do a hit piece on contractors and, and, and your position poorly. It could be any, anything that happens. Now you have some goodwill that's built up in the community and some people that will rally to your side, help support your, your cause and, and with, you know, referrals and, and filling in the referral pages and, and writing other things that support your company. Yeah. So I, I think it's, it's, it's good proactive planning all the way around. Yeah. And from, you know, I, I think about everything from a digital marketing standpoint as well. So if you're, you know, if you're involved in things like Habitat for Humanity or whatever it may be, um, you can one, you can talk about that. That's content you can talk about. You can take pictures of your team, you know, serving at a food line or, or helping build a house or whatever it may be. But two, a lot of those companies will also give you a link to your website and that's, <laughs> that's good for SEO. Uh, so there's a lot of additional value to being involved in stuff like that in the community. You know, I know some contractors that have a Boy Scout policy where everybody tries to do a good deed for the day. Um, and they encourage these guys that, and this really works in, in small towns, um, but they encourage their guys to, to stop and help a stranded motorist um, and do things like that. And, and you'd be amazed how many times somebody else passes by, takes a picture of that, posts it on social media. And that's the type of stuff that can go viral and, and really yeah. can do wonders for your brand. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I think, I think doing the right thing is always the right thing. And, and I think in the end it will get rewarded. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned that like someone taking a picture of it and posting it. Cause you know, for the, I, for the longest time, that was Starbucks's like entire marketing strategy was intentionally screwing up people's names on the cup. And then they're like, Oh, look at Starbucks. They're so dumb. They got my name wrong. But what they don't realize is that they're posting a picture of a Starbucks cup on Facebook for their 2000 friends to see. And that was what Starbucks did for a while for their, their marketing. It was all organic. That's pretty uh, clever. Yeah. So, I mean, just doing stuff like that even is, yeah, it, it's great. You can get people to stop and take a picture and share it with their friends without you even asking, then you're going to get some good results from it. You know, it, um, there's also some things that you can do like, like Kevin Shaw, Kevin Shaw plumbing in, in Southern California has his van wrap where and it has a, the wrap on the very back is Kevin opening the door and waving. Um, full size on there, and and you know you look at it, you notice it. And when he first yeah. he got a, uh, he had a bunch of people calling his his office saying, "There's some crazy guy in your truck." You know? Yeah, have you seen the toilet truck before? Yeah, I don't approve. <laughs> we I mean, just saw that the other day. We were cracking up about it. There's there's multiple versions of it, but but what that's doing is you know is, is, and I and I understand humor and I and, but I think we got to use it tastefully and that doesn't elevate the trade and the professionalism of the trade. Oh no, and we always want to you know we always want to remember that we're professionals. We're being invited into people's homes. Yeah, uh, and and we need to to do what we can to earn that right. And when we do our our survey of, of uh, our members customers, which we do it every other year, consistently the number one the most common gripe about technicians is poor grooming. I mean, really 80%. Wow. It's it's amazing. So, you know, let's be professional. Let's be neat groomed. Um, Frankly, I encourage contractors to, to actually uh, bring somebody in to cut, cut everybody's hair uh, every other week. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're paying people to wash the truck or you're bringing somebody out to wash the trucks every so often, it's the same thing. This guy is wearing your uniform, carrying your brand. Um, you know, make sure that the brand is 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 looks good. Yeah. And and, and one thing I've seen uh, some companies do is they'll actually offer a uh, like a laundering service for their their technicians uniforms. So yep. that way they're making sure that everyone's got clean clothes on because I've yeah, I've seen them before where you get technicians rolling in three or four days in a row wearing the same shirt and it's all dirty and they got BO and it's all ripped up. And, and you know, that, yeah, that does not look good for you, especially if you're going into a home that's about to pay you fifteen, sixteen thousand $16,000 for a replacement on a, you know, on a big home. Uh, that doesn't look good on your brain. So I, I've, I've found that to be particularly interest, interesting when they do the, um, the uniform cleaning service for them. Yeah, no, that that's that should just be a standard part of it. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, it's it's part of this is is you, you've got to enforce things, and you you got to you know constantly um, uh, bring up the message. And you know, like shoe covers, everybody wears shoe covers, right? Well, everybody may have shoe covers; they don't always wear them. Mm-hmm. So one of the things you do is you have you have your technicians have to put on shoe covers to walk into the office. Um, you know, it's it's play like you practice, practice like you play, right? Yeah. We all know that. So let's let's enforce the same rules on ourselves that in the office that we want when we're when we're out in public. Yeah. So outside of the grooming uh, and like, the you know, the cleanliness of the uniform and the appearance, what are some other things that you that you think technicians should do by default when they show up to the home? Stand up straight. Look people in the eye. Smile. Um, nod when they're talking. Take notes. Uh, you know, generally show show interest and empathy and and if you just do those things and that's not hard to do um you know that'll give you a fighting chance i mean that that's and the thing that i really would counsel technician or counsel techs to do is is to not make decisions for the homeowner we can't know the circumstances that that homeowner is in we can't know whether the homeowner is is you know living in a mcmansion and as cash poor and is broke, or we can't know that the guy living in a trailer doesn't have a sock drawer with with fifty thousand dollars in it. We don't know their situation, so we shouldn't make a repair or replacement decision for them. We should always give them the option. So you know, we go out and and, and granted, it, it's a you know, it's a five year old system. Um, they're probably not going to replace it, but you know, you go out and, and there's a a, a three or four hundred dollar repair, and the system is older than five years. You can say this is what the cost to repair this is, um, your other option would be to go ahead and, and consider upgrading it to a higher efficiency system. Of course, you might not want to do that this year when, when it's so hard. Um, but what you can do uh, is go, go up to everybody and prepare these in advance and give them second chance uh, offers. So, so, you know, under the heat of the moment, uh, they're, they're caught off guard. They don't have their financing arranged. Uh, you know, they, they don't know how they're going to pay for it. They take the, the least expensive choice they can. Um, but you offer, look, uh, Mr. Homeowner, you know, down the road, you may change your mind and decide you don't want to throw more, more money at this, at this unit. So, uh, you know, what we'll do is through the end of the year, we'll give you credit for this repair, uh, uh, you know, against a replacement. And that gives them a, a second chance to reconsider. And, and especially if we're in a situation to where you can fix it, um, but you couldn't replace it if you wanted to because the manufacturers, the, you know, the supply chain issues that we're experiencing, the manufacturers are short. 
And maybe in a few weeks that'll change, uh, but nobody's going to live without air conditioning for a few weeks, uh, yeah. certainly not in July and August. So Yeah. And there was a uh, – we had someone on the podcast, Brian Burton, who who might be watching right now. I'm not certain. Uh, I know that he tunes in quite often to our live streams. And and he brought up this this analogy one time that, that he teaches to his local trade school, and this stuck with me. And that is, you know, if you go to an Apple repair – the Apple store in the mall – and you with a cracked screen and you go up to the first technician or the first worker and they say, okay, it'll be 50 bucks to fix the screen. Or you go up to another guy and they say, it's going to be 1200 bucks. You have to buy a new phone. Which one did a disservice to you? Well, they both did a disservice to you because neither one of them presented both options. And so that's, yeah, like you were saying, being able to not go in there with any biases or any type of judgment or, or prejudice against anybody and just saying like, here are your options and then letting them just choose. You're doing a greater service to the customer. Absolutely correct. It, it's, it's, it, it's arrogant to go in and, and tell somebody they need to replace a unit that could be fixed. And it's also arrogant to go in and just blanket repair something that, that is seven, eight years old and the homeowner might not really want it anyway and might want to replace it. Give them the options, let them decide. Don't prejudge. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Matt, this has been an awesome episode and, and I've, I feel like this has been a ton of value added for our, for our listeners out there. Um, what are some ways that people can contact you and learn more about Service Nation and Service Roundtable? Sure. Well, anybody can email me. Uh, it's mmichelle, M-M-I-C-H-E-L at servicenation.com. Um, and, you know, give me a call on my, on my mobile number. I'm, I'm you know, if I can't talk, I'll say I can't talk. And that's 214-995-8889. That's 214-995-8889. But I encourage you to, to come to Service World at serviceworldexpo.com. That's serviceworldexpo.com. And check out the Service Roundtable at serviceroundtable.com. That's serviceroundtable.com. Or call 877-262-3341. It's 877-262-3341. And talk to a success consultant. Awesome. That was an awesome presentation of of your website and phone numbers. I, I liked that. You've got that down, Pat. I've done it a time or two. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I would also say we we do these periodically. We we do success days around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, this is promotional for the alliance, but it really is. It's a free full day seminar, and and there's a schedule that's up, and and you know we're having them all the time. Um, we usually do about about. I think we're going to do about 40 of them this year. Um, and I, I speak at a lot of them and, and we have other people that will speak like Jim Henshaw. It's, it's really worth attending one if one is in your area and you can check out our website and see what's coming up. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, Matt, I appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day to join me on the podcast. Um, and I hope you have a great rest of your afternoon. Thank you very much. It's been my pleasure. I've enjoyed it. All right. Have a good day.